Welcome to the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast, a podcast produced for the sheep industry by Sheep Connect New South Wales. Hi, I'm Megan Rogers, Manager of Sheep Connect New South Wales, the sheep industry extension work in New South Wales, which is funded by Australian Wool Innovation. Sheep Connect New South Wales has a membership of over 2200 and our main aims are to help keep you and your sheep business up to date on the latest information about all things sheep. We hope you enjoy our podcast. It's time for you. So here we are today and I'm lucky enough to get 10 minutes to chat with Matthew Coddington. Uh, For many of you, Matthew and wife Cherie have a a ram breeding business uh, that most people would be aware of at Dubbo. And we recently held a Ramping Up Repro workshop at Roseville Park. Hi, Matthew. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome, Megan. Good to be here. We were talking a little while ago about um, our favourite podcasts. Hopefully the Sheep Connect one might become one of your favourites going forward. Definitely. Anything sheepy wins for me. Matthew... We recently held a Ramping Up Repro at Roseville Park and, and it was a bit of a first for us on a couple of um, you know notes, I guess. We, it was the first post-COVID or first COVID compliant workshop that we'd, we'd held since uh, the restrictions started. But it was also the first Ramping Up Repro that we held at a, a ram breeder property, which is, um, which is quite exciting because I guess in terms of of the practicalities of of, um, of why rams are really important, you see a lot of people in that context. And, and I guess I'd just really like to, to find out today from you a little bit about how you found that workshop, what you thought the valuable take-home messages were, and um, and then we'll have a little bit more of a chat about what you're seeing in the... Um, in the districts with with regards to you know ram ram buying and and what's happening in the season so how did i guess we'll, we'll kick off with what you um thought of the ramping up repro workshop and how you found the the um the content that was delivered to the attendees what i love about the ramping up repro workshops is they're so practical they're held on farm uh, where our venue is it was held in the shearing shed the shearing sheds right beside the sheep yards so you can have theory sessions with um, lots of pictures and, and videos and things like that and then run down the sheep yards and look at the rams. Uh, this year we started with 1,400 rams in our drop and we go through them all the time looking for different things. One of the main things we check is the testes on our rams and the beauty of having it on our farm this year is having that many rams. We could actually show people some of the different abnormalities you can see in the ram's testes and that uh, while you're checking your size and things like that before joining Um, so the other thing I also like is particularly with my own staff when we start someone new is we get everyone talking on the same page the same language so the other thing I like people to learn is how to condition score sheep so if you send an employee out to a back set of sheep yards and they drench a mob of sheep and you go, what were those sheep right like? And and they go, oh, yeah, they're all right. It's not much of an answer. Now when someone turns up, the first thing we do is teach them how to condition score. And if they can come back and say, those ewes are at 3.25 condition score, 
we know exactly what we're looking at. If they're below 2.75 condition score, we might be able to see alarm bells ringing, coming into joining or weaning or lambing, and be able to adjust our targets for that. And that's part of this workshop is teaching us condition scoring, looking for ram abnormalities, and I guess putting in place all those little one percenters before joining that you can do, particularly in joining sheep out of season. It might be putting teasers in ewes, it might be putting regulin in rams, uh, it might be a change in diet, a change in shearing, a change in husbandry techniques to just get all those little one percenters and improvements that you can do from management. And you can also go down the track of genetic management and improving genetic fat, genetic muscle, looking at number of lambs weaned for ASBVs and things like that as well. And I guess that's what this Ramping Up Repro day does. It encapsulates all those things into one. Matthew, I guess one of the things that I always find fascinating is is that participatory learning is such an important way and and doing a ram check is is an important part of your annual management of your rams and i'm not sure what the the baseline figures have been in terms of of what proportion of of industry get their rams in and give them a really solid going over before they buy their rams or before they put their rams out and that kind of thing but but i one thing i know is um People do enjoy the fact that that everybody gets to have a turn at at performing some of these uh, practical ram checks. Um, do you observe that um, that there's you know I guess there probably is a, a, a real range in, in what people do as their standard practice on farm. I know when we travel around, a lot of them either ask their local vet to come and check them for them or their sheep classer after they've classed their ewe hoggets, they bring the size in and then the sheep classer will assess them. But it is something that's quite easy to learn and it's a skill that really needs to be learnt and the rams need to be checked six weeks, eight weeks prior to joining. Um, then can be injuries that happen. You might have classed a sheep in April and you're joining in November and the ram sale might be in September. You actually need to be checking them as close to the ram sale as possible so you know your numbers. You don't want to be caught out short of rams at joining. And you can get injuries from shearing, you can get injuries from handling, you can get injuries from the rams fighting and things like that. So then they'd be probably checked by someone who knows what they're doing more times than once a year and particularly six to eight weeks before joining, they need to be really checked. And then we, we also just check ours on the day of joining to make sure that they're at their 100% best physically before they go out to join the use. It's an interesting practice for, pe- for people to have, have to do. And I, I guess, you know, get, gaining that little bit of confidence that even if they suspect something might not be 100%, that they have the confidence to go, oh, well, I will contact somebody about... Uh, the problem that I found or the issue that I think's emerging or might be there or, you know, come and have a look at a ram that, you know, do I keep him or cull him or, you know, does he get another go around? And and I guess that, that was one of the things that came came through at the workshop uh, at Roswell Park not that long ago. Yeah, it's, it's something that people need to be very aware of. It can mean a big reduction in lambing rates and results. And it's not all only the... Um, 
ram effect also these things that use can have like your campylobacter and things like that which is where the outside expertise of the local vets and that can also help they can um blood test the rams blood test use for different diseases and make cancel one out from the other just to make sure that the um fertility is not being affected a by rams and abnormalities or use and and um, diseases they may have and I guess one of the beauty, like one of the, the uh, positive aspects of the, the workshop is that there's a lot of discussion. There's discussion around the RAMs when there's practical demonstrations going on. People are learning to do their their 5T checks. And um, so we can talk about other, you know, issues as they, as they come up in conversation. But also the workshops are quite interactive and we, we talk a lot about, um, you know, some of the, the spin-off effects like you've been talking about on on how to, you know, get somebody to come and diagnose if, if you've, you know, suspect you might have some animal health issues. Yeah, and the other thing, the workshop we had, we probably had people from a 200-kilometre radius and we had people there that were from merino flocks joining seven eight months old ewe lambs to people that had first cross sheep enterprises and terminal meat sheep enterprises we had some people that were joining in the natural season in you know february march april may and we had people joining out of season in october november december and there was a lot of discussion through the room and at during breaks on all the different I guess hurdles are put in way and the way that people have been overcoming them. Uh, one good thing, you know, out of the drought is we've learnt an awful lot about pushing our systems and pushing our sheep because we spent so much money on feeding them through the drought. Um, we've done things that we didn't think were possible before, like, you know, early weaning at two months old, early joining at seven, eight, nine months old for ewe lambs. And... Um, getting the growth rates up in our rams and that a lot early so we can even join them earlier in their life than we would have normally hoped to as well. It was a great day and it was fully subscribed. Um, obviously our crowd sizes are a little bit limited due to restrictions and, and hoping to keep everybody safe. And, um, you know, I guess one of the highlights for me is the fact that you were able to to bring in rams that that did have different faults and you know that's that's quite a you know a big ask of, of somebody who's in the business of selling rams to be able to uh, put put their rams some of the ones that do inherently turn up with faults uh, whether they're you know acquired through injury in the paddock or whether they're you know naturally acquired faults but again that was something that I found really valuable because we were able to use some of those examples as as real examples on on what you know what to or you know what not to um, you know um, what, what's desirable and what's less desirable. I guess that's a beauty of like I said we had 1400 rams that have been running two mobs through the year so sort of six or eight hundred rams to a mob run at 40 to 50 dcs to the hectare so you do get a lot of injuries from the rams um you'll find most injuries come from um fighting at feed time if they're on feeders or something like that or from being worked through the yards and and work with dogs where rams will push their head underneath the ram in front and injure rams that way but we were able to put in some abnormalities that you see through normal sheep husbandry and practicing that you see 
on most farms that maybe people are unaware of. You get you get ruptured testicles, you get um, lumps on the end of the testicles, you get scar tissue, you have um, some that might one big one, one little one, um, small, big, large. You get all sorts of differentiation when you start looking at 1,400 different rams. So we're able to bring some of those in to put into the exercise, obviously, as well as rams that were perfect for joining and had everything perfect about size and structure and tone and that as well. But we thought we'd bring in things to watch, um, to watch out for while you're doing your ram prep for joining. It certainly raised the bar on the uh, workshop um, standard there, you know, giving people that extra and additional learning um, opportunity. Matthew, you're in the process of delivering a lot of rams and I've, you know, been speaking to a few other ram breeders as well just um, over the last week or so about what they're seeing. Um, you talked a little bit about the drought and how much money we've all spent on keeping our flocks going and, and maintaining, you know, numbers where we can. What have you been observing in terms of um, people with their flock rebuild and, and how, how do you think people are going with that now that we're starting to enjoy the, um, the better season? There's been a couple of different things that have affected our ram selling season this year. We found there's a lot of catch-up. So there's people that didn't buy rams last year have got to buy twice as many this year. There's other people that have got their flock down to maybe a third of its size on normal so they've really been able to class that flock really hard and get down to a real core flock of top quality breeding ewes and now to rebuild they're after a core battery of a good nucleus of rams to bring in and they're happy to pay a bit more money because now they can build their flock up of an even better quality we're finding a lot of emphasis because of COVID there's a lot of my rams say 60% of the rams I sell go to Victoria so none of the Victorians were able to come to our sale so we had to um, well we basically spent $75,000 on extra measurements for our sheep this year so we've done the genomics we've done all the fleece weighing the eye muscle scanning the fat scanning the micron testing pedigree matchmaker systems and things like that so we could provide our clients with as much data they could that we could give them we individually videoed each ram in a sale took videos of their wool them walking around so they get some sort of sense of their structure as well so we found information has been key this year to selling to people who are in lockdown or isolation and can't travel to find rams and the more information we've been able to provide the less affected our ram selling's been as well and um i think now we're just not in our situation we were spending twenty thousand dollars a week on feeding sheep now three thousand for three thousand dollars for a ram actually doesn't seem that much (laughs) um compared to what it would have before the drought but like I said, we've learnt to push the systems more. So we're shearing every six months. We're joining seven, eight-month-old ewe lambs. There's more diverse income streams now from the merino sheep than we had before. And we've got less sheep running around on our farms as passengers. 
so we can invest more into the rams because we're getting more lambs from those limited sheep and the limited sheep we do have are going to be better quality lambs to propel us forward genetically for a better flock situation in the future of the industry. It's certainly um, a nice time to be in the industry and, and now that we've, um, we've, we've got some seasonal, um, you know, some favourable season behind us it's you know i think you know as people do rebuild their flock you know things are you know looking bright for very like you say various types of management definitely and i think from the time the drought broke in march and you look at the weekly reports coming through from auctions plus the central western new south wales has been the biggest regional buyers week on week of sheep and cattle into in australia basically of stock stock being sold on auctions plus and i know on our farm as hard as we've tried we we can't bring any sheep onto the farm because of our disease accreditations for the stud but we're um trying to buy and trade cattle and that to turn over a bit of money and our farm conservatively would run 7DC to the hectare. We're still now only running 3.7DC to the hectare. And one good thing, at least we're getting our organic matter built up. We're getting our pastures re-improved again. We're um, getting everything geared up to have um, a better production system for our sheep into the future. And he's hoping that we can put a few seasons together, back to back, and um, and things stay well. And I guess all we all we really need is the wool market to to make some some change for the positive, and and things will be looking bright again. Definitely, um, the wool market luckily has taken a turn up for the last two weeks, um, and our reliance on china has been something that people have been very concerned about but at the moment china is the only country buying australian wool so i think we'll be in a lot worse place without china buying our wool the european markets are shut down and some of them are in such dire positions after like the gfc way back in 08 and now COVID. um, some of them are actually saying they may not open up so i think merging countries like India, who has a similar population to China. I know they're looking at improving their um, sheep flock and their importing importation of wool. And countries like that that have um, been limited in what they've been doing are looking at ramping up what they do. So I think there's a big potential for um, genetics and for buyers of our wool to go to new merging countries. Um, in the last 12 months, we've had inquiries come out of Turkey, Romania, Iran, India, um, Scotland, the Falkland Islands. And I know um, exporting companies had every plane flying out of Australia last year full of sheep, goats, cattle. I think the Australian meat and fibre industry is such a potential for overseas country now for for protein for these growing the growing human population and then the fiber that they need to wear they're becoming more aware of the natural qualities of wool as a fiber and with this demographic of of young professionals overseas they're going to demand 
more wool in their clothes that they wear because of the sustainable um, features of, of our fibre that we grow. So I think there's great future and potential globally, and we have to keep thinking globally of, of what, what our industry potential is out there, and it is massive. I've already seen the potential in the last 12 months. Matthew, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It's, I mean, you and Sharia are on the road delivering rams and, and you're both very busy people. So thanks for, for your time today. Um, for those of you who might know anything about the Newell Highway, um, Sheep Connect headquarters is based just off the Newell Highway near Forbes. And um, I was lucky enough to hop on the phone and Matthew and Sheree were driving past. So I've corralled them in here for this quick catch up today but I also wanted to acknowledge your input into learning and and you know passing on of knowledge because uh, without people like yourself who are who are you know helping uh, spread the word of, of various you know best practice in sheep management the industry doesn't move forward and you know I, you've always been a good advocate of of um, learning opportunities and and the ramping up repro workshop that we held at, at your place was um, yeah, no exception to that. So thanks again for for um, you know allowing us to come to to your place to to hold that and um, and sharing with us opportunities. Thanks, Megan. And I guess it is something we were always conscious of on our farm. We do run a lot of on farm research and a lot of on farm projects in conjunction with. New South Wales DPI or um, Sydney University and a lot of it is to benefit other sheep breeders not only our clients so we are doing it for the better of the sheep industry and anything anyone wants to know we'd be happy to run projects on our farm and we often do because it's opened a lot of questions and it does help other people in their businesses and their production systems. Thanks Matthew. hope you have enjoyed this episode of It's Time For You, the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. We'd appreciate it if you could share this with, within your networks. You can also, if you haven't already, subscribe to the AWI podcast, The Yarn. We'd love for you to stay in contact with Sheep Connect New South Wales and you can do this in a number of ways. You can join our network by visiting our website, www.sheepconnectnsw.com.au you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at SheepConnectNSW and hopefully we might see you at some of our workshops and events that we run throughout New South Wales. Thanks again for joining us today on It's Time For You and hopefully we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye for now.